The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. LinkedIn presents. I have a six-word response whenever I'm asked for a brief prescription for reducing loneliness. Be curious. Make something. Have conversations. Good morning, everyone. This is the Next Big Idea Daily, and I'm your host, Michael Kavnet. I don't know if you've heard, but there's another COVID surge going on at the moment. My brother and niece have it. It actually seems like we've been in one perpetual outbreak since the virus first emerged in 2019, though most of us now are vaccinated, and luckily this latest strain seems to be less lethal than earlier ones. So COVID is arguably not currently America's worst public health problem. So what is? There are a lot of contenders. After all, we hear we're in the midst of an opioid crisis, an obesity crisis, and an ongoing epidemic of mass shootings. And of course, diabetes, heart disease, and cancer are perennial killers. But according to many experts, one of the most tragic and most preventable public health issues is loneliness. Loneliness takes many forms, from enduring physical isolation to feeling rejected for a variety of reasons, and it can have devastating consequences for our physical and mental health. Jeremy Nobel is a primary care physician, public health practitioner, and award-winning poet with faculty appointments at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health and the Harvard Medical School. He's written a new book called Project Unlonely, Healing Our Crisis of Disconnection, and he joins us now to share some of his big ideas. This is Dr. Jeremy Nobel, and I'm here to talk to you about my new book, Project Unlonely, Healing Our Crisis of Disconnection. My book is all about loneliness and what we can do to address it, and especially how we can use the power of creative expression to connect. Let's start with what loneliness isn't. Loneliness is not a disease. We are all lonely from time to time, and occasional lonely feelings serve an important purpose in our lives. Loneliness is a natural alarm signal, like thirst or cold. Thirst warns us we need hydration, and loneliness warns us we need to connect more deeply to others and to ourselves. Loneliness is harmful only when it becomes so deep and enduring that it alters how our minds and bodies work, how we make sense of the world, and how we behave. That's why it's so important to better understand loneliness so we can respond promptly and effectively to this flashing warning light on our personal dashboards. When you feel a twinge of loneliness, it's helpful to know that there are three different kinds of loneliness that may be calling to you. Psychological loneliness is the kind most people refer to when they say they are lonely. It's that desire for a connection with a confidant, someone you can trust your secrets with. You can have a lot of friends and still feel lonely if you don't feel safe opening yourself emotionally to any of them. A second type of loneliness is societal loneliness, that sense of being a fish out of water, of feeling different, but also of being judged by others because of some aspect of who you are. It can also stem from being bullied or excluded by coworkers, neighbors, or by society at large. This loneliness can overlap with the third kind, existential loneliness, which can also be called spiritual loneliness. It's the loneliness of having uncertain purpose and wondering if our lives have any meaning or consequence. Each kind of lonely feeling 
is a call to fill a need, no different from the unpleasant bodily signals that indicate your need for warmth or water. Lonely people often interpret their loneliness very differently, not as a helpful signal, but as evidence they are inadequate and have failed. Some feel so ashamed of their loneliness that they may conclude the safest thing to do is stop even trying to connect with others. I think of this when I hear loneliness referred to as an epidemic as though it were a disease that needs to be eradicated. Pathologizing loneliness will make many lonely people conclude they have an illness without a cure, when loneliness is perhaps the most human of feelings. Loneliness can serve as a catalyst for connection, but only if we accept its potentially helpful role in our lives, learn to interpret its signals, and practice at navigating its emotional impact. Importantly, it's not just up to us as individuals to push back against loneliness. If we seek a less lonely world, there's a role for municipalities, health systems, employers, schools, faith-based groups, and yes, even our friends and neighbors to make it easier for us to all feel more connected. Extended loneliness, if ignored, can set off a disastrous spiral. Feelings of loneliness likely evolved as a danger signal, perhaps to make our hunter-gatherer ancestors feel uneasy when straying from the safety of their group. Loneliness signals that we are vulnerable, which naturally triggers some levels of anxiety or biological response to threat. If you remain lonely and in this anxious threat state for extended periods of time, it can dramatically change your brain. Some people enter a spiral in which they isolate to protect themselves, which makes them even lonelier and feel more vulnerable. Loneliness of this depth can distort what is called social cognition, the ability to correctly interpret the behavior of others. Very lonely people may become so suspicious of other people that they deny their need for social connection and also avoid seeking help. Some become standoffish, socially inappropriate, impulsive, or irrational, behaviors that isolate them further. Many of the socially awkward loners who perpetrate mass shootings have become lost in this spiral. There are five realms of human experience that put us at heightened risk of entering a loneliness spiral. I call them the five territories of loneliness. They are trauma, illness, aging, difference, and modernity. Trauma, broadly speaking, is an injury or setback that takes an emotional toll on you. It could be a war zone experience, domestic violence, a car crash, a divorce, or the premature death of a parent, sibling, or friend. Illness and aging, both of which often include a sense of loss or social disorientation, are similar in the feelings of isolation and vulnerability they inspire. Difference is the loneliness territory traversed by anyone who doesn't fit in or feels different from their peers, whether because of race, gender identity, a disability, or simply not being considered attractive. And modernity, the fifth territory, overlaps all four with its power to make some feel alienated, overwhelmed, and all but lost at sea. The people who are in one or more of these territories are subject to experience that can damage their sense of trust and make them want to isolate themselves. Consider the loneliness of being transgender in certain states where the legislatures have made them targets of public hate. 
or the loneliness of having a sudden illness that no longer enables you to participate in activities you once took for granted. If you find yourself in one of these territories, recognize that connecting with others is more important than you may have thought. And if there is someone you care about who's going through one of these lonely territories, reach out to them often as they are at risk of a loneliness spiral, even if they may not know it. Creative expression can help you feel less lonely. Making art changes our brain in powerful ways, reducing outflows of the stress hormone cortisol and boosting levels of the feel-good neurotransmitter dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, and oxytocin. That alone can be a catalyst for connection, but art can do more than reduce stress and improve mood. Recent studies of brain scans by Dutch neuroscientist Janneke van Leeuwen show that blood flow in the brain, while interpreting works of visual art, utilizes the same brain regions that influence our social interactions. It suggests that an important biological function of art may be to help us make sense of our social world, increasing our ability to connect authentically with others. I have a six-word response whenever I'm asked for a brief prescription for reducing loneliness. Be curious, make something, have conversations. First, get curious about your lonely feelings and meditate for a few moments about where they are coming from. Then harness your imagination to do something creative. Write, paint, dance, sculpt, crochet, cook, make ceramics, play music, make a quilt, or work in the garden. The experience of creating opens a cognitive and emotional flow between your conscious and unconscious mind, putting you in touch with thoughts and feelings otherwise difficult to access. You also get to experience the delight and inspiration of creative choices. Select this word or that word. Use this color or another. Draw a thin line or a thick one. Add more salt or less garlic, all while making a tangible artifact that reflects something creative. That something creative reflects something unique and authentic, emerging from your creative self. Then you can share what you've made with someone else, have a conversation about it and how it made you feel. When you invite someone to connect with something you've had the generosity to share, they often recognize within it something reflective of what they themselves have experienced. It's like an electric circuit of human-to-human wiring is connected and both of you feel less lonely. For anyone experiencing loneliness, creative expression can provide a safe and attractive pathway to authentic connection. It doesn't require someone to change their social habits or examine why they've become lonely. If you know someone who is suffering from loneliness, invite them to make something creative with you or help you in the garden or even make a meal together. The mere act of engaging with imagination and creative choices will stimulate their social brain activity. It will make them feel more connected and more at ease in sharing themselves. I'll go out on a limb and suggest that in an age of weakening social norms and constraints, creative expression may well be an essential psychological survival skill. To engage creatively, to make your own meaning through aesthetic choices and then share it with others, is one important way we can all rise to modernity's many challenges. And here's the bonus. It's also fun. Thank you, Jeremy. 
Well, listeners, I hope you take this as a prompt to start your own Project Unlonely. Listening to podcasts on your own is great and all, but it's even better if you do it as part of a community. So think about signing up for our Next Big Idea Club. Executive members can participate in a LinkedIn group where we talk about the latest ideas in nonfiction and feature exclusive AMA sessions with top authors and thinkers. You can find out more at nextbigideaclub.com and use the code DAILY for a special discount. And come on back tomorrow when we'll hear from Pulitzer Prize-winning New York Times writer David Leonhardt, who will help us figure out the current state of our elusive national ideal, the American dream. I'm Michael Kovnett. See you tomorrow.